comedy, you could sing, you could go dance, you can code, um, as I've shown people. Welcome to Queer Coded. We are chatting to some coders who are also part of the LGBTQIA community. It's just a nice, relaxed chat about our experience in the world of tech. Um, I'm Emily. I'm Eli. And we're here today with Analytical. Hello. Uh, thank you for having me. I am analytical. If you, this is not a visual podcast, but um, I am a glamorous drag queen on a mission to bring more LGBTQ plus people and really anyone into the world of coding and technology. By day, I go by Billy and I'm a software engineer at Google. So I'm really excited to share about both of my experiences as a drag queen and coding educator and also just as a queer software engineer that works at Google and tell you all about my journey, whatever you want to know. Why don't we start at the beginning? Um, so what are your like early influences of tech? How did you first uh, get into tech? What was your, what first sparked it for you? I first got into tech. Um, I think I was just really, I just like always loved technology. I loved playing games on my computer. I loved my Game Boy. Well, I'm not as much of a gamer now. I loved watching like iPhone unboxings by I Justine and I would I like always would watch all the like Steve Jobs Apple launches and I just kind of loved being on the computer but it took me a while to actually learn like what is coding or like what do I actually do to go and build things that I was excited about or the, these pieces of technology that I loved in on kind of in my elementary and high school time of life I had done like a little bit of programming with like Scratch and HTML and CSS and like kind of dabbled all around in there. I think there's even this thing, turtle. I really need to look this up. I think there's, it's like you move a turtle around and can draw stuff on the screen. I think I did that in like fifth or sixth grade. Yeah, I remember that. It's just, I didn't really like connect the, all these little pieces to building real things. And then when I was about 17, I was able to take like a real computer science class where you're doing processing and just some like Java stuff in there. And I was like, okay, this kind of feels like real coding. I don't really know why it felt more like real coding than the other stuff as I now look at like things like Scratch. And I'm like, you can really do a lot with Scratch. Um, but I guess maybe I was like, oh, this looks like code stuff. Uh, although you, I couldn't really build anything like too too fabulous with my rudimentary Java, but I was really happy to just like be uh, like get to like code and see like oh this is the thing that people say like lets you build technology and I kind of like it and enjoy it and I'm kind of good at it I guess. It's, it's probably just kind of like when you were doing that stuff uh, when you were younger. It's just kind of like this is just like a computer screen to me or it's some inputs. And then as you start learning stuff like Java, you learn like all the things you can do with Java uh, and all these paradigms and all these uh, like new ways that you can use it. I think that kind of goes, oh, it's coding now. <laughs> yeah, I think it's also like now, I think there are so many clear ways to like learn code in fun ways or to like make games like, one of the things I've been doing a lot this year is I'm doing live streams on Twitch and I play around with P5.js, which is a JavaScript version of processing that first 
programming language I was working with. And I can do all sorts of art and draw pictures. And I like to draw like makeup palettes and eyeshadow brushes. Those, those are some of the fun things I've been working on or take inspiration from fashion, from fashion designers that I love and make those things into code and art. So I think that's kind of been been cool to see like, oh, there's this much more like accessible, there are more accessible ways to like start programming and start being creative with it right away. It sounds like you've had a really a diverse kind of experience so far in your career and in your work as an analytical as well. How did that all come together, your, your work as a developer and your drag queen persona? I had been doing drag for maybe like a year, a year and a half. And I was just trying to like find a way to be unique, I guess, or bring something like fabulous to the table that kind of aligned with myself. That's one of the reasons I originally started doing drag was like, I want to express myself in a creative way. And I love that drag. You can kind of do anything with it. You can do comedy, you could sing, you could go dance, you can code, um, as I've shown people. But I liked that it was from the start, I didn't feel like I'd have to be locked into like one kind of thing. Like, I was like, maybe I want to go do stand up comedy or something. But it's like, I didn't it's like I could do that with a drag show or something. So I would kind of like go Monday nights to a bar and like do a lip sync. And it was like, not, I didn't love it. I was like, I don't like being out late. I'm not a great dancer. I don't have much to offer the table. My drag sister, Jasmine Kennedy, who was just on RuPaul's Drag Race was like doing backflips in like, like a meter of room. I'm using meters because where y'all are in the UK, maybe two meters. <laughs> uh, like just doing, yeah, just doing backflips like in stilettos. And I was like, okay, what can I bring uniquely to the table? So I was like, maybe we can do some engineering or science. And then I joined a team at Google called uh, Developer Relations. And there's kind of like a lot more public facing to this to this role. Basically, our jobs is to teach people about the technology that Google has. Some of the people on my team have had big Twitter personalities and followings because they were just educating. They were giving talks at conferences and things like that. And one person, or a few people on my team actually were started doing live streams, doing coding interview questions. And I was like, that's kind of cool. And this was kind of as my drag I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with it. And I was also looking for a way to engage the LGBTQ plus community with technology. That was something I was like, I want to find a way I can mentor people or help out the community. It's like I had gone to some tech conferences that I really liked that I thought were like very fundamental to my career path and just feeling welcomed. And I was like, I want to do that for other people. But I just didn't see really what I was looking for. And then it kind of all clicked. I was like, I'm just going to put all these things together, just fire on all cylinders and get to and just be like, okay, I'm going to get in drag and I'm going to make a website and make a video about why people should do this. Um, talking about that we want to rep be represented in code and be represented in technology. So here's how we can start doing it. And here's how we can start um, expressing ourselves and having fun with it. Then I've kind of just been making all different sorts of stuff since then. A, I love to like educate and make content, but it's also like I'm learning a ton on the way. Like I'm always, I'm getting better at video editing. I'm getting better at expressing technical ideas. I'm learning new technologies. And I love to like 
be in a video and struggle a little bit to show like I'm not I might be an expert in some things but like there's still so much to learn and that's one of the big things with engineering it's like finding fun ways to learn that connect with you so I love to like struggle and get through something and like have a nice little victory moment <laughs> yeah I think it's really important like um your story in two tech is is really interesting because it's one of the things we've been trying to really push with this podcast is how you how everyone's like personal experience can really bring something brand new to the table and how everything on the table can bring something brand new to you being being a drag queen and teaching through drag for all this experience you have as well is just a fantastic example of of that in particular yeah, i mean i think it's like I, I just want to, sh I always, I like one of the things I like to do in addition to creative coding projects is also show here are places in tech where queer people aren't being represented. I love to call it like gender forms that are, are um, poorly constructed or, uh, I mean, that's one of the big ones, I guess, or just there are so many little places where it can really matter and show that we are included or being represented. Or um, another one is with like AI and like, uh, face detection there were a lot of like cloud providers had like tools that would do like face detection would give like different features on it one of those was like male or female and i think like a year or two ago they got rid of those and it's like great it's just cool to see all these things and it's like there aren't maybe there maybe not be a ton of these things but they're kind of like little things that kind of nicky you every now and then and um making making um making tech inclusive for our community the lgbtq plus community it ends up helping more people than just us as well um, and that's the kind of a thing with inclusivity and inclusive design that i love to kind of to just see is like all these things aren't taking away from what's there already they're adding to it yeah absolutely and in terms of sort of your your vision for how you would like that to look kind of going forward and maybe the impact that you could have as someone who works at Google, um, are there any sort of big changes structurally that you would like to see in the tech world in the next few years? Mm, oh, wow. That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I think one of the things that I love working at Google is that like Google is not perfect. I think it's a huge company, but I love to see in our like pride chat channels and our like pride mailing list that I see that people are able to speak up and contribute and people are on such a variety of teams and we do have our voices throughout the company. And I love to see that people do have opportunities to get support from other areas and get support from leadership to help make things happen and move in the directions. I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of approaches to like making changes in tech. I think you can chip away at little things and go in the direction. And then you can also kind of like stand up and make like big changes and big shifts. And I'm kind of like to like vary in between and see like sometimes it's sometimes one way is easier than the other. And so it's the work is hard to kind of push and stand up. So it's also great to have allies and have community and anyone who's kind of underrepresented tech shouldn't have to do all that work on their own. I think getting user researchers to have a more diverse group of candidates that they talk to, having more possibilities that are considered. There are so many pieces that aren't even just about the actual coding that are just about being in the room and calling out, oh, this is like an area where we can think about more. 
And I think that's something also that I love with Google is before the developer relations team was on a front end team. And I got to work with so many different designers and user experience designers, user experience researchers. And there were so many things that we took into account. And as an engineer, I was able to participate in those discussions. So I think that was also something cool that it isn't just as an engineer, I have to go sit and be told what to do in code. I'm part of that process and the design. And there's just so much back and forth and collaboration. It's like the same point we were just like hitting on, you know, like having more people, more diverse teams, more experiences just brings so much because if you're talking to like the same group of people every time saying, what kind of experience do you think a user should have? What kind of things do you think we should include in this? If you're talking to the same like five people every time you do that, you're going to look like you've just made a bootstrap website every time. (laughs) And there are also things beyond just like, beyond just the products that a company is making in terms of inclusivity. It's like the benefits for employees and making sure that like there are good benefits for LGBTQ plus people and like what that looks like and being able to be a leader or knowing what like those things are. So I think that's also good when looking, especially if you've got people who are in code bootcamp is when you're looking for a job, what are those things to consider? What is that? A, what is the culture, but then also like, what does do the benefits and support? Does that align with what the culture is? Absolutely. I think um, Emily's touched on this in, in our previous conversations about how, um, if a company comes to speak to you and they don't have any women on their team, you kind of think, well, is this a place where I would want to work? Is this somewhere I would fit in? But I think also what you said about how you like to kind of try and open things up to other members of the LGBTQ plus community, you being that that person that you want to see represented and you being there just kind of shows other people that actually there is a place for them there, which I think is really important. Yeah, I think my approach in terms of like activism for like LGBTQ plus people in tech is really visibility in terms of doing technical things in a very queer, very public way. And also some of those call outs in kind of fun and entertaining ways. So they're not necessarily like attacking anyone in particular or things. It's like, here are 10 terrible gender selection forms and getting people to realize on their own, like, oh yeah, this is something that like we can do better with and and start thinking about. I always try to have like a, a lens of entertainment and education because I think it's it's so easy to get lost in the fold of what's happening online that I really just want to like make sure people are like engaged and then like, oh, wait, I didn't even realize that, but I just learned something or I learned a better way to do something or how to think about something. I wanted to ask, with us being in the UK, like our, our health insurance, or we don't really have health insurance, but like our health service isn't really tied to our career. But I know that in the US, like your health insurance is very much tied to your profession. Being queer, do you think that has had an, an effect on how you look for jobs and how you got into the tech sector? Like how, what kind of impact has that had for you on your jobs? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely a very complicated issue. So in terms of my job experience, I've Google is the only job I've been at since graduating college. And I did have an internship like uh, the year, the summer before, but I was, I think it was on my parents' insurance then still. So I definitely think it is something that I can think about a lot. I have like some health issues that like I am very mindful of and want to make sure like 
all of that is going to be covered wherever I go. So that's something that's kind of like always in the back of my mind, even unrelated to being like LGBTQ, but also with my boyfriend and being able to put him on my shirts potentially. And what is that? What does that look like? One of the things right now, and Google, I mean, is a company that really does a ton in terms of benefits. But like if I, I think if I was to add him to my insurance, it causes like tax implications because we're not married. But if we are married, then we do get those. We don't have that same thing. But that applies across the board for straight or like gay. So that's not necessarily something, but it could be something to consider and think about. I do think it's something that like a lot of, I think a lot of tech companies have pretty generous policies, which is nice. But I think also like people who are coming out of boot camps might not all be going to like the biggest tech companies or might be going into places that where there are maybe one or two developers in a place and working. So that's something to kind of consider of like just asking around, looking up online, reviews of the company, getting all that policy and insurance information before joining um to make sure that it is going to be supportive of you and kind of it's not seeing is this something you can push on but also like if you're just leaving code boot camp like that that responsibility isn't necessarily up to you to have to say i want to push on this thing it's like maybe sometimes it's best to just like take that job and then kind of see where things can go so it's that's kind of the balance of like look out for yourself and then when you're in a position where you can push then push and um, find ways to improve. And I think that's kind of one of the great things about like the queer tech communities that there's a lot of support for, for each other. You've hit on something that um, it's kind of the, the reason this podcast came about is because a group of us at North Coders um, decided that we wanted to try and sort of encourage a more diverse group of people to, to join the boot camp, And we wanted to, kind of make sure that we were reaching out in the right places and um, all of those kinds of things that you might not necessarily think about doing if you're not a member of a specific community, which I think is is um, is really important, absolutely. Do you have any like great uh, ideas or examples or thoughts of how to get like a more diverse user base to interact? Because you, you have like an amazing platform. You know, how, how do you feel like you've used who you are to kind of widen that platform how do you how do you get more people into it i think the thing that i've seen that engages the most people is when i bring things that are typically not seen with code to coding like when i like get out my eyeshadow palette and i'm like oh this is an array and it's like i can do a whole <laughs> i can do like a whole lesson of like different ways to like reorganize things in an eyeshadow palette but you're really learning a lot of different like things about arrays or like sorting my makeup brushes as like a binary search tree. It's like, I, because drag takes up so much space, I can just have all these things out and about. So when I'm thinking about a concept, I'm like, oh, let me look at my shelf of all the things I have for drag and, and see what that is. But drag is also very like loud in a way. There's a lot of colors. There's a lot of energy there. And bringing that to tech when there's so many tutorials that are so dry and use like really boring examples or examples that just don't connect with a diverse group of people, then of course people aren't going to want to engage. It's like 
that was when I first started making content a few years ago. I started making websites around different uh, drag queens on RuPaul's Drag Race, and I'd post them on the Drag Race subreddit to be like, oh, you love this drag queen? Here's a fun website I made. And when you're done playing with this website, click the link at the top corner that shows you how, to, how I built it in drag. And just kind of meeting people where they are. I'm like, oh, this is the community I want to reach. It's people who love makeup, people who love drag queens. Well, what's the kind of stuff they're engaging with already? How can I make that, add my own twist to it, and show them that it's fun and accessible? That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Hopefully we can use it without um, biting too much TV content. <laughs> the thing is, it's like, copy all the things I'm doing. That'd be great. It's like, I wanna, it's hard for me because I have a full-time job and I love to make all this content. So it's kind of like, I have lots of little bits and pieces that I love when people pull and use and incorporate into their lessons without having to like, have to do all that stuff myself. It's like, take some of my TikToks and put them in, in your boot camp or give people an assignment to, to create an eyeshadow palette with code. That's really one of the things that's like, I just want to inspire these ideas for people who are teachers or for people who are looking to do these things. And also when someone, a lot of times people will say, if you're learning to code, start out by building a project. So I wanted to show, okay, here are projects that I'm building in like 15 minutes, like not sped up, just like, silly things that make you feel like, oh, I'm learning something that's interesting, that like isn't perfect. Because I think often it's like, well, look at projects that are totally perfect or apps that are perfect. And it's like, well, I I'm not gonna be able to build that. How how can I start? I'm just starting out. And I love to build stuff that's like a little messed up, like not perfect. It just, it makes you feel like, oh, I see the gaps. I can see how I can build that myself. Yeah, I think that's a really big, uh, barrier for accessibility like if you look and like oh how can I build an app or how can I build this website and it's like four hours long <laughs> it's like as a beginner that's quite daunting but yeah I, I agree like a 15 minute video and then you kind of see like where it could go from there that opens it up way more because now you have a base of how you learn this skill here's something you could build quickly with that skill go do something else now with your skill yeah. And that's one thing I love. To, that's why I kind of love not having necessarily the most consistent kinds of content because it lets me like dabble in all these different areas that I know and enjoy and then gets people to see how a, all of these things are connected, but see like, oh, I see all the different pieces of the, and the gaps and I'm happy to point people towards where they can go from knowing a little bit of JavaScript and coding to like, okay, how would you build a real website? Or how would you kind of make this into a game? Or how would you learn like the algorithms to get the job? And all those pieces, I'd love to kind of let people know, here are the things that you want to be asking about and want to be start learning about. Now you have a little bit of an idea, go off and learn them or go ask me where you need to go learn them or go jump into your boot camp, or when you go take your intro computer science class, you won't be as intimidated because you'll already know about arrays and variables and loops and stuff. And giving people that confidence to not be, to not be scared. You've spoken quite a bit about how um, you've used drag to, to make coding more accessible. I was just wondering how, you're speaking about your drag sister, previously and I was just wondering how it works for you the other way like how has your coding been accepted in drag circles I think I mean my coding in drag circles it's kind of hard because I haven't 
I'm not like out and about in drag that much. And it's just because it's a really like, a, it's a late night thing. But I've gotten to make a lot of like drag friends online, Patagonia, who is out and about in nature and trying to save the environment. We actually met up, I went to visit her in Oregon. We had a grand old time. Kine, who is on Canada's Drag Race, makes tons of videos about math. And we've gotten to like chat a bit. So I think in our like online community, it's great. And also like on Reddit and Instagram, like I have all these like drag friends too. I'm just not like out and about hanging out with, with all of them. Uh, but I think they like, they love that I'm like being me and being myself. Cause that's really what, what I think it's all about is like, we love to like support each other and like watch each other grow and learn. It's like, I wouldn't, it's like, I couldn't have imagined doing what I'm doing today. It's just like, it's kind of like I had to take the paths to get here that I did. Yeah, I think that's fantastic. It's, yeah, it's wonderful. Absolutely lovely talking to you. Yeah, real pleasure. Um, I hope we can do this again sometime. Um, maybe come back in a, in a year or so, see what you're getting on, uh, see what you're getting up to. Um, I recently started watching your videos um, since I found out that we were going to be interviewing you, and I absolutely love your P5JS stuff. Um, yeah, because I've been wanting to get into that a bit more, so it's been great for me. So thank you very much. Oh, do you want to um, to plug anything while you're here? Let me let me plug myself. Y'all can all yeah, absolutely. So I am the analytical on pretty much all social platforms on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, YouTube. You can find me by searching analytical, and all of those annas have two ends in them. And I'm not sure when this podcast is coming out. But I do have an upcoming series. I'm gonna. I will tease a little bit. I'm going to. I'm working with Google to teach people about what the cloud is in my fantastic drag ways. I kind of been looking for a way to combine my work and my drag in a more like serious and professional way. And I pitched it around, and they were very receptive and happy. So I hope that will come out soon. We already shot a little bit of that. I think that will be really exciting because it's a lot of concepts that I think people don't think that they would want to know. It's like, when you hear the term database, I want you to realize, oh, databases are so cool. Of course, I need to learn them. And then like, let me, I'll, I will teach you them. So that's kind of like, that's something I have uh, coming up. And then just like, my, I'm trying to do live streams every week. I'm trying to be in drag once a week. I'm taking my time. I love to like answer questions over DM. Come to my live streams if you want to ask questions. That's also a great spot. But yeah, it's like, I just love kind of making stuff and showing all the different aspects of code in fun ways that are interesting and show you also how I learn because because that's what we're all really all really doing and no no one is an ex I mean people might be experts but like we're all kind of we're all working on our journey to being experts in in the own things that make us special. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. Um, it's been a real pleasure. Uh, so I hope you can join us all next time. Uh, we'll be talking to someone else. Uh, until then, have a great night and goodbye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>